Hello, and welcome to this moment where I get to hang out with Bob Smith. And Bob is someone that I just recently got to just get to know every time I've been in a situation or something where I'm looking for a different perspective or an expanded perspective, I've gotten to just hang out with him. And I wanted to bring him on here to share his wisdom and guidance with us all. So thank you, Bob, for being here today. Sarah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and excited to have this time with you. Yay. So before we were we started recording, we were talking about these two cards that came to mind from my Lemurian deck. And the first one was Awakened Awareness. And the second was was Alignment. And I really felt like this was the energy that we are bringing here in this moment. And Bob, you were sharing some amazing things about what came to you with those two cards. Yeah. So as you put them up, the first thing that occurred, this Awakened Awareness, is the idea that whatever I'm doing, I'm attempting or intending to do it with purpose and have it be intentional and, and have it be by design as opposed to just reaction. So I thought there's nothing more present making than being awake and aware and in the now. Uh, the second part, the alignment part is something I've been playing a lot with. Um, my company is mysuccess.com, but we spent a lot of time in the world of objectives and key results doing what are called OKRs. And it's a very much team-oriented approach to making results happen that are a little bit loftier, a little bit of a stretch goal, and at the same time, helping people bring their best self to that game. So to that end, one of the needed items in that is that teams operate in an aligned way and that people operate in an, in an aligned way. And so to that end, I've been playing a lot with the idea that there are two aspects to alignment. One is aspirational, which is where is it I'm heading? What's important about that? What's what's something I'm longing to be a part of or make happen? Um, then there's the part that moves me, which is inspirational. And so I've made it a point in order to have alignment that I'm pretty clear about the aspirational side of why it's important in general to do something or what it is, and the inspirational, why I should lean in with all of me and engage. And that's just a boatload of fun to add to the mix because it's easy to get excited about something and start on it. And then as things happen and life changes, you kind of lose focus or lose your energy or lose your momentum. So those are my momentum drivers, being present and being aligned. Oh, I love it. And so then how has that supported you in your expansion of where you are now, like where you started to maybe not being as aligned as you are now and really having that drive to to know how to create that success? It's a great question. And really what it allows me to do is get more connected with my emotional self, my inner self, uh, in terms of the experiences that I'm having. So if I find myself frustrated, pretty much 99% of the time, I'm going to find that I'm out of alignment, either aspirationally or inspirationally, that something I put in motion, what I'm doing, why it matters, 
um, there's a mismatch there. And so I've learned to let that frustration be an indicator to get me to pay attention and reconnect with those two things as an example. And so it allows me to use my sort of mental body, the brain, uh, with my physical body and the emotional body and have them all working in alignment toward a particular end and paying attention to the differences and the similarities of where they interplay. Wow, that's amazing. And can you go a little deeper on like maybe even your process of like distinguishing between the mental body and the emotional body and like how maybe you've been able to identify so that you can gather the data to create the alignment for what is what is going on with that frustration that's great um so i i have carried a mental model a model that i use in my planning and and getting things done where i i propose that we have four bodies a physical body a mental body an emotional body and a spiritual body and a lot of times we can be doing things that are aligned with one body, but conflicted with another. If I wanna uh, work passionately in my job six days a week, but I haven't taken care of my uh, physical body, my mind might be really happy, my mental body, but my physical body can't keep up with it. So I've got a conflict going on. And this is where it's useful to have the awareness of each body so that I can be sensitive to what the bodies are asking of me, trying to get me to do or how they're influencing my experience. So in part, I start off with deciding what it is I wanna have happen, um, why that's important, and then what having that makes possible. And that helps me understand whether what I'm pursuing is well-formed or ill-formed. Then I ask the question, what's important about how this is gonna occur? And this can be a function of time, resources, people, or uh, criteria that makes it worthwhile, useful, or efficient. Then I ask the big question, which is what brings it all together. And I have to say, as I pursue this goal or this outcome, and I know what's important about it, along the way, what must absolutely not happen so that I make sure I've got the best chance of getting it but I don't derail. And so I find that those three questions, answering what's important to get done, what's important about how it gets done, and what must not happen, provide me a basis to make my pursuit well-formed. And if ever I'm having an experience or an emotion that isn't a fit where there's some chafing or conflict or frustration or whatever, um, it gives me a place to look and check to see what's in alignment and what's outside of alignment. Mm, I love that perspective because like, if you think about it, right, like when we're wanting something, right, whatever that is, whether it's a new job or money or whatever it is, like we're in that mental body, right? And so if we now stay in the mental body and try to figure out the how in the mental body and all these things, then we create like more of that conflict or that chafing that you were talking about, like, within the other bodies, because now we're not a vibrational match to what it is that we want, because now we're still in residing in one body. Absolutely. And, and that's a really great summary. 
And, you know, the whole idea is that we are in motion, constantly trying to make things happen as a rule. And sometimes things work with ease and flow and elegance. And I often find in my case that those experiences happen when I am aligned with all four bodies. And that when I'm not aligned, I it's a little more challenging or more complex or more difficult. And so I find that pursuing that alignment and having that clarity lets me sort of manage and monitor it on the way. Um, the underlying piece that I didn't mention, which I should, is I always also check what I think is my own little secret to life. And that is, I check to see if what I'm doing is contributing in some way that's useful. And I found that when I'm playing a game that's slightly bigger, that causes me to stretch or push, I can get not only my needs met, but the needs of the people that I affect or that affect me included. And it's a much more enriched approach. Mm, I love that. And even like, I'm, I'm even curious as to like, like this is even the approach that you had when you even created my success, like from like, even as you're helping clients, like, are you showing them these perspectives to then be able to hone in a more equality, like way of being and contributing to the whole? Yeah, I usually find that uh, most of my work is really trying to help people in companies when they're stuck and getting unstuck is, is the point. And I find that when people know to what they're contributing, it kind of gives them a lift out of what's holding them back or why it's important to give that extra kick to get out of it. But in the work that I take, I try to find out what matters to somebody, what they're really trying to do and what's going to happen after they get this done that makes it worth giving their all. And so kind of in that mix, it's freeing them up and helping them generate choices so that they can get those things done without um, worrying themselves into the ground, wondering if it's enough or the right thing to do um, or all the things that happen just being human. Yeah, like what a great, I mean, but then it's like this awakened awareness, right? Of like, you're planting these seeds to now help support them in this awareness. So now that now they can start to actually unravel and really bring purpose to their life in everything they start doing, not just in the business, you know, because it starts with ourselves. And then we allow, like, as we're working on ourselves, this now ripples out into the world. And I think it's such an, such an important thing that you're doing to bring this awareness so that creates that alignment so that it helps the entire human collective. You're, you're very right. And, you know, in my own evolution and development, um, I've been, you know, in some cases, a decent student, in other cases, a very slow student. And one of the things that had happened along the way is that I'd look back in my life and I'd look at what I had not done well or where I had failed or what didn't work. And I found myself sort of kind of dragging all of that forward or attempting to. And what this awakened awareness really allows is for me to understand that I can't do a thing about my past. That's done. Uh, I can use what I've learned from the past to inform where I'm going, but 
I really need to let that go and focus on where I am and where I'm going, because that's really the only thing I can influence. And it it really helps when I when it comes to uh, I guess freeing up to focus. I I kiddingly tell people I was raised in an Irish Catholic alcoholic neurotic upbringing, and so what you end up learning a lot about is how to stay out of trouble or how to get in trouble quickly. <laughs> what I've spent more time doing now is striving toward um, what I would call a life well led, but trying to bring my best self to best possible, which is is more than glib. It's like imagining what can be because it's worthwhile and bringing my whole self to contribute to that and then defining myself based on my willingness to lean into that and do what I can to make it happen. Yeah. And as you're speaking, like, I'm curious to like, what's your next like leap, you know, like what is the next thing that you are gearing up for to, or maybe not, or, you know, we're always evolving and expanding, but like, as you're talking, like, I just see like, like what it is that you're doing already. And I'm curious as to where you see it going and, and what that looks like. You know, I'm making that up still as I go, I think a lot of our focus right now is to um, use a model like OKRs to help people have an aligned focus on making things happen. Um, I think what my personal interest and professional interest right now is uh, helping people figure out how they can get whatever is in their way out of the way so that they can move toward the life that most matters to them. And, and I find that different person to person to person. So I think what I'm most excited about is helping people see who they are, because most everybody knows what we're not. So helping people recognize where they're delightful and can leverage that as well as getting things done that help eliminate the potential for regret, which we're so busy looking and evaluating and comparing. It's nice to have a, a pathway that makes it fun and engaging. Yeah. And as you're speaking, like I just see like the potential of business, you know, of what you're sharing, like in terms of like, you know, with these OKRs, like this language, right? Like how we're speaking to ourselves, how we're speaking to others and how that influences not only like the people around us, but like the energy that we're moving towards, whether it be attracting clients or selling a product or whatever it is, you know, I think that the language is really the important piece. Well, I am a, a fan of words and really like the nuances of their meanings. But you said something at the beginning, which was really cool. And, you know, you were really talking about how do you know that you're doing the right things? And what I like about the mindset of the model that OKRs are is that it's an outcome mindset versus an output mindset. And, you know, in the days of early business, there was the world of what was called management by objective. And you set an objective, you do this laundry list of the things to do to get it done. And if nothing in the world changes and you do all those things, you'll get the result. But the world changes. So they needed something different. And, and OKRs came about because instead of focusing on the process, you're really focused on the outcome 
And then you're setting key results along the way to maybe course correct based on. So instead of planning for a year's worth of activity, you still write your plan out, but you act on it in a quarterly approach that says, wait a minute, are the results that I'm seeking still the right ones to pursue given what I've decided I wanna make happen? And the sooner we can see those things, the sooner we can pivot. The sooner we pivot, the more quickly we'll get back to doing what is now the right thing instead of the right thing, no matter what. Mm, I I really like that because like, even like in my own life, when I'm just reflecting on my own experiences or others that I've witnessed, like it really is about like that direction, right? Like when we don't really know the outcome or we're not really fueled by an outcome, like we're just doing the things. And so then when we're doing the things, we're not really maybe we're getting somewhere, we're going somewhere, but it may not be the route or the expected thing that we thought was possible because we didn't really have an idea. And so what like what you're sharing is these OKRs are like now giving a direction, a focus of where to put your energy so that now you can actually have these key results like in these specific times to say, oh, well, this didn't work. And so maybe now I'll change this and maybe this will be towards what I'm moving towards versus this, but this helped in this. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and OKRs is a, a model, a way of thinking, but really what it's wrapped around is in the beginning, you still need a vision. It's got to be compelling. It's got to be directional. It's got to be worth doing. And then that vision is timeless you're never going to get there. It's sort of like you don't get West, you go West. Then there's going to be the mission. What is it this year that we're going to do and we're going to focus on in terms of the themes of action? Are we seeking growth? Are we seeking customer experience improvement? Are we seeking operating efficiencies? Whatever is important to serve that vision with right now as a theme, that's what you mark out. On top of that, you have a strategy, which is your best guess for now of how you're going to be able to fulfill these things and achieve them. And then sitting underneath that are the goals, the actual performance goals that you're going to go with. And what you should be able to do is have all of that effort ladder up and down inside that framework and letting that outcome piece speak to you in terms of, are you on the right track? Is this working for you? Are you seeing hearing, feeling, sensing, um, the things that tell you that you're doing the right things and getting the right things done. It's, it's very subjective, but it's grounded in good information. So having clarity about those things, being able to align them with your own reaction to them helps you sort of course correct quickly and, and more rapidly. Yeah, because like even if you look at like science, right, and science has like that hypothesis and then you're going through the line. But like with this, it just feels like there's like a little bit of ebb and flow that can kind of go in, whereas science just it's like you have the hypothesis and then you go through these steps. And then if it doesn't work, then you go back to that particular step where here it's like, oh, like I can course correct. So it's similar, but it just feels more direct in terms of like how to get there, you know? No question. And there is a a guy who wrote a book by the name of John Dewar, wrote a book called Measure What Matters. I read this book. uh, 
if I get insomnia, it really helps me because it's very detailed. But John has done some YouTube videos that talk about measure what matters. And there's one particular interview that he did with a guy from MIT Sloan. And it's 27 minutes long. And it takes the entire world of OKRs and it summarizes it in 27 minutes. And OKRs are sort of like golf. You can learn them in a couple of hours, but it takes a while to get good at it. So the idea is that once you've learned the frame, you can calibrate it against your experience and how other people react. And you can use it sort of like a compass, sorry, a compass to guide what you're doing, where you're going and how you're doing it. Because at the end of the day, we want to feel good about what we're doing. At least I do. I want to feel good about what I'm doing. I want to be glad I did it. And I want it to be meaningful and worthwhile. Yeah. And I think like all of us really want that, but because we really haven't had the tools or maybe we have the tools, but we haven't had that awakened awareness or that alignment. And I feel like where we are as a society now, like these are the tools that are going to be leading us to a future, to a civilization that is more grounded, more empowered in their selves, which then allows for this to unfold in a really beautiful way. Yeah. And, you know, it's a tool and you're very correct about that. There's, there are lots of moving parts to all of this, having really well-formed values. You know, I think what I like about OKRs is it's naturally inclusive. It seeks to get things done at a team level instead of an individual level. And typically in a company, you don't compensate people for team goals. You compensate them for individual goals. So this is a way to help everybody get the most out of the team capability without it getting derailed by self-interest. And I think that's the world that we need to try to figure out how to develop and, and add to, which is how can everybody get a good running chance at living a well-led life or a life that, that they think is worthwhile? Yeah, like I'm, I'm all in for that. <laughs> For sure. So before we wrap it up, like what is one thing that you can just leave us with to, you know, feel empowered and step into this alignment and awakened awareness to, you know, know more about ourselves and and support our businesses and, and all the people that we get to be around? Well, I have a personal mantra that might be interesting and fun to play with. So in anything that I'm doing, I want to make sure that I have fun, I make money, I make a difference, and I enjoy the people that I'm doing it with. And I check for all four of those when I'm doing a, a project or an assignment or something. And if one of them is missing, I make myself disappear. Ah, oh, wow. And then going back into into in inward to then reflect and create your outer world right absolutely because that's what it's constantly calibrating um you know we're talking to ourselves all the time we're always feeling we're always aware we may not be paying attention but we're collecting information like crazy so it's really helping who we are be aligned with what we're doing and being able to stay with it sustainably yes oh this has been such an amazing, empowering episode to just 
learn about ourselves and learn what's possible for our world when we come together and really, you know, unite in this way of just more for ourselves. So thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're sharing and all that you're being because it's amazing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I think if I were to send people away with something fun to play with, uh, I learned this from a CEO of a, a large company, and he, when he pulls into the parking lot every day, he asks himself two questions. His first question is, am I bringing my best self to the job today? And the second question is, is this the best I'm ever going to be? And what I learned from him doing that is it automatically makes sure I'm present, and it also presupposes that I want to go in with curiosity to learn, not just know. And I find those two things to be a really helpful way to bring the best of ourselves to what's going on in the world. Yeah. Wow. Like, cause again, it's like you're, you're bringing that curiosity in. And so then you're having to do the self inquiry to really like, huh, like, let me, and you're using all the bodies to now kind of like be in tune. And then now you can reflect and, and share what it is that that feels for you. It's so easy to wake up and go, Whoa, it's March already. It was just January. <laughs> so this is a way to get present and slow things down. Ah, oh, I love it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Like, this has been so this was, great. This was a lot of fun. And you're an excellent interviewer. So you make it easy to respond. Oh, well, that's my, uh, that's my goal here is just to make it fun and easy. And ha like, just laugh and just make a difference, you know, and share love, be that mermaid that's sharing love. So you made it easy too to reflect and share. So appreciate it. Have a lovely weekend and thanks for having me and we'll talk again soon. Yes, we will. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.